0: One thing that so often happens is people want healing, they want an experience of God and when they come to a church they think uh, that healing and deliverance and life is the most important thing but you could go whole and end up in hell Uh, God intends to save us and one of the things that is very often mistaken and that is um, when you look in scripture you find that the disciples um, lots of people like to say they were born again before Pentecost they came into a real experience of God before Pentecost it gives you a problem and that is that until Calvary and until the resurrection until faith in the resurrection you could not have justification you couldn't know that your sins were forgiven you couldn't know the reality of a Christian life you couldn't know what God said you had to know and therefore it's impossible for anyone to have come into new life in the sense that God made it in the new covenant until everything had been fulfilled and Christ had gone back to glory Uh, And so I found many, many people live in a kind of Jewish state, uh, the state of the Jewish nation. They believe in forgiveness of sins, and they believe in a changed life, but they don't believe in a new life. Christ came to give us newness of life. We need everything new. We need to be born again so that we are not the people we were originally born. And it's so important to understand how that happens. And I just want to briefly explain it to you. You need a miracle, God does miracles. You need God to heal your body, God heals. You need deliverance, God delivers. He can either do it instantaneously or or over a period of time. God is God. I've seen him do miracles where he's... Um, Made cripples run instantly. I've seen him heal people over a period of time. Whichever way he does it, it's fine by me. And I hope it's fine by you. God is God. He does it. Uh, I love to see God work. Uh, It's one of the most beautiful things when God does it, isn't it? It's one of the most terrible things when man tries to make it happen. You can't do it, you know. You just can't. Um, no one can heal someone. No one. No one can deliver anyone. No one. It's God. And um, so often there's, um, especially in our culture now, we've gone back into kind of spiritism and occultism. It doesn't happen by magic. It happens by reality. You've got choices in your life, but your choice will not help you. I find many Christians say, oh, you know, well, I sought God, I chose God, I made a decision, and God did it. Well, I've got news for you. Your choice isn't going to help you. If God doesn't sovereignly do something in your life as Almighty God, nothing will happen. No matter what choice you make, nothing happens. So it's not up to you. It's up to God. And he showed the way because God the Father sent his only begotten son into the world. But whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God has already made a step. Sending his son. And he died on Calvary's tree, was crucified. Dead and buried there was no doubt about it he wasn't asleep it wasn't a trance he was dead when he died on Calvary's tree he took your sin and my sin into his own body on the tree everything I've ever done contrary to God's will God's life God's way he took into his own body on the tree Everyone's sin. And when he did that, he took the punishment for sin, which is death. Because when a man sins, he shall surely die. And Jesus Christ, who was sinless, took your sin and my sin into himself. And he died to it. On the third day, he rose again from the dead. As I've said so many times, the only reason the stone was rolled away from the grave so that the disciples and the women that came on the first day could look in, because the truth is Jesus could just walk straight through the stone. He had a glorified body. But he rolled away the stone so everyone might know. And the angels were sitting there when uh, the women came to the grave, and Mary looked in saw two angels sitting there. One at the head and one at the feet of where he'd lain. He's alive. He's risen. But you know, the disciples didn't believe it. When the women came and they said he's risen, the angels told it, they didn't believe. Amazingly, they'd spent all that time with him, they couldn't believe it until he appeared to them. Amazingly, two disciples are walking on Emmaus Road and he draws near to them, begins to chat with them, opens up the scriptures to them. And then you find he comes and appears to them and he breathes upon them, said, receive the Holy Ghost. But that was to open their minds, it wasn't to regenerate them just opened their minds so they could understand Scripture. See, until he ascended up on high and sent forth the Holy Ghost, you couldn't really be born of the Spirit. Impossible. Thomas doubted. He wasn't there. He doubted, he thought, This can't be. And so you remember, he said, well, except I I see him, I put my finger in his wound and my hand in his side, I will not believe. At least he was determined not to believe, wasn't he? He was saying, look, this has to be. I've got to prove it myself. And a lot of people, when they come, their feeling is, hey, I want to prove it. And so Jesus turned up and said, Well, Thomas, here I am. Go and stretch forth your hand. He said, My Lord, my God. He was risen. And Jesus appeared to above 500 people, it says, risen from the dead. And then he was taken up into heaven. And on the day of Pentecost, 120 people were seated in an upper room in the temple says a house but it's also translated temple that's why so many people could run together so quickly and Mary the mother of Jesus was there because Mary needed to be filled with the Holy Ghost just like everyone else she wasn't the mother of God she was the mother of Jesus the man And so, suddenly there came the sound of a mighty rushing wind. Fire sat on each of them, above their heads. And they were filled with the Holy Ghost. From that moment on, they knew the reality of resurrection power. Up till then they didn't. When they came out, the first thing they wanted to tell everyone, Jesus is risen. Peter's testimony was in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Bodily, physical resurrection. He didn't rise in spirit, he rose bodily. His body didn't see corruption, he rose from the dead. And he ever lives. One of the things that's hardest to do is to believe until the Holy Ghost really comes to a man. Jesus said, except you are born again, born of water and the Spirit, you can't see the kingdom of God, you can't enter into the kingdom of God, you can't be part of the kingdom of God, you must be born again. Nicodemus wondered about it, he said, well how can a man be born a second time? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb? Jesus said, no, no, you don't understand. You must be born again. A new birth means that old things are passed away, everything becomes new, and everything's of God. I meet a lot of people who are in church who've got changed lives, but not new life. I meet a lot of people who are religious and believe they should live to certain standards, but they've never come into newness of life. They're still the same people they were, and now they're struggling to live a Christian life. They're fighting with their sin, they're fighting with bondages, they're fighting with doubts, they're fighting with fears. That person is not born again. When we're born from above and the Holy Ghost fills us, there's a total transformation inside. We aren't the people we were born first. We have a new life totally new we become new creations because god recreates us in his image inside the birth is real and that's what god intends to do for everyone and without that you are not a christian you might believe a lot of things about the bible you might believe in jesus but you're not a christian A lot of people believed in Jesus. In fact, John Wesley used to say in his sermon of Almost a Christian, he said, You know, even the devil believes. Makes you no better than a devil to believe the facts. You must be born again. And my question to you tonight is, Are you born again? Can you say, I'm not the person I was born? Inside, I have a new nature. I have a new life. Totally different from my first life. God came in and he so intervened in my life, it transformed me inwardly. Total transformation. If you can't say that, you're not a Christian. You might be on the road. You might be going to the right place. But... um, You know, and you're taking the journey, but you're not a Christian. What counts is what God does. Well, I asked Jesus into my heart, that was very noble of you. But if he hasn't in reality birthed you, you're a heathen. So, well, I'm trying to live better. Fine. Well, that's no good. Christianity is... Christ in me, the hope of glory. Christ in me. He's got to be my life, my everything. And so often people come along, and what they're trying to do is they're trying to reach out and trying to be what only Jesus can be. You see, there's only one person that can live this life. It's called the reality of the Son of God, Jesus in me. And if he isn't in you, and he's not living that life, you will never make it. You'll struggle, you'll find conflict, you'll find all sorts of problems, and you'll find it's impossible. I cannot be what only God can be. A Christian is a God person, a person in whom God resides. He isn't a God he's a god person he christ in him the bible says christ in you is the hope of glory turn with me to one john and chapter four i just want to all that i've said is in the scripture i just wanted not to take too long you need a good authorized version um Look over someone's Bible if you see someone without one. And in 1 John chapter 4, says this in verse 1 Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Hereby know you the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. Now, that's easy, isn't it? Now, it didn't say did come in the flesh... Is come. You have to know that Jesus Christ has come in your flesh. That the Lord of glory has come inside of you and transformed your life in reality. And if that hasn't happened, you need the living God to meet you. You need a transformation that's real. You need to know the reality of the power of the Holy Ghost meeting you, changing you, transforming you, and giving you new life. It's as simple as that. You know, when God comes, everything changes. Absolutely everything. I tell people, when God met me and I was filled with the Holy Ghost, it's now some 34 years ago. Seems a long time. More than that. In fact, I think... 65, that's longer than that. What? 35 years. Oh, dear. I've been married 30 years. Um... And, yeah, more than 30 years now. Uh, yeah, 35 years ago, God met me. When God met me, he changed everything. I couldn't live the way I used to live. Everything changed. But it changed internally. It wasn't that I wanted to change it. God changed me, and he gave me new life, newness of life everything was transformed in a second my thinking just changed my attitudes changed my understanding changed everything was transformed in one second he'd come he broke every chain he loosed every fetter. I had new life and all that I had was the life that God gave and it was real people told me you know you got the old Gibeonites come along well you know young man it won't last yes there was a day when I was happy like that well I want to tell you it's got better and better and better and better hasn't lasted it's gone forward I you know people say oh well you know it's just emotion. Well, I can tell you, God has been good. 35 years later, I'm happy. And, and what I have now is more glorious than what I had then. And every time I look back, that glorious infilling of the Holy Ghost, why, it's the same today in a richer way than it was then. God is good. He never leaves you, never forsakes you, never abandons you. He's a good God. And it's so easy to live this life. Because, you see, Jesus has no problem living his life. I live, nevertheless, not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. His faith. And that's easy. He never doubts, you know. I meet Christians who seem to be perplexed, always doubting. If you're doubting, you're not a Christian. I couldn't doubt what God did. It would be impossible. I couldn't deny the reality of what he did. I would have to deny my life. I couldn't. And if you're truly born, it's impossible. He's so wonderful so glorious Christ in me and you'll find goes on it's lovely the book's so clear verse 4 you are of God little children and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you Than he that is in the world, they are of the world, therefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth us not. Hereby we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. It's quite simple to know who's who. You just know who can hear you and who can't. When you begin to share the things of God with people, either they can hear you or they can't. If they can't hear and they don't hear, you know they're not of God. That's the way you know the spirit of error. When someone can't hear what you're saying, fine, just leave them alone. They don't belong. You can only talk to family members. Family members understand. People who are in the family know. And if you're not in the family... It's double dutch to you. Listen to someone speaking and saying, oh, I don't, know. I don't know what he's talking about. What is this? When you're born, you just know. You're part of it. And that's what's so wonderful. See, God makes it very simple. That's what I love about Christianity. It's so, so simple. You're either in or you're out. You're either light or you're dark you're either born or you're dead that's it and that's what's so wonderful there's no shades of grey there's no kind of oh well you know years ago I kind of made a decision and I've gone on and I've let God down many times he's never let me that's not Christianity that's just religious humbug. When Jesus comes, everything changes. When Jesus comes, everything's new. When Jesus comes, life comes. And we're alive in him. You know, Jesus has never had a nervous breakdown. He went through a lot he went through the whole of the contradiction of sinners everyone was telling him he was wrong he knew he was right had a human mind didn't bother him he wasn't troubled by opposition he wasn't troubled by what people said always trying to catch him out prove him wrong not much has changed That's the way people are. Paul described them as slow bellied people, you know. Rather nice, I like that. Where are you in it? Can you say, ah, that's me? I'm part of what God is. Verse 17, oh, let's take verse 16. Uh, verse 15 dear oh dear they're all good verses you could read the whole lot when you get home whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the son of God God dwelleth in him and he in God now confession isn't just saying it you confess it with your life your lifestyle not just words it's got to be reality And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. Now, I do want you to know what it does say. Uh, I once knew a group of people who, who wanted to believe, as he is, so am I. That's not true. As he is, so are we. We're corporately an expression of Christ. An individual is a partial expression. A body of believers is the expression of Jesus Christ in the earth. As he is, so are we. And we have boldness. It doesn't say as he was, as he is. And how is he? Why? He's seated at the right hand of the Father. He's at peace. He ever lives to make intercession for us. And it's not the intercession of the world. The world likes to get all emotional. Well, you don't have to get emotional. God doesn't want you to be a freak. God wants you to be normal. Been married 30 years. I want to tell you, I I found out that my wife would not be very impressed if I started, Oh dear, please get me my dinner. She said, Don't be daft. I don't have to ask her like that. She loves me, I love her, so that's the end of it. I expect her to do it. (laughs) Don't know why you're laughing. In the morning, I don't say, oh, darling, please get up and get me a cup of tea. It's there. That's right. Love doesn't get... And and it's amazing. People, herein is love. Not that we love him, but he first loved us. Why is it Christians can't even understand love? Jesus said, before you ask, I'll answer. And yet I find many Christians, they seem to think somehow God's a monster. They've got to shout and plead. No. He loves me. He hears me because he loves me. He's good. He's good to me. He's a good God. It's totally false, the idea, oh, you know, Somehow, God, whoa, you know, I've got to plead, I've got to pray, I've got to fast. I tell people I've never fast and pray. I pray fast. It gets things done. I know He always hears me. He knows He's on my side. If God be for me, who can be against me? greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world the devil's in trouble wherever we go hey he's got the problem not us we're alive in him so often people have got a god who's so far away so uninvolved in their life they're not born when you're born you know Part of the family, gotta look after me. Don't need his protection all the time? Goodness me, the person who needs protection is the devil. He needs protection. Hey, he was defeated 2,000 years ago. He's in trouble. The one that needs protection is the world because we have someone greater than the world living in us. We have the living Christ. They need protection from us. We don't need protection from them. I hope you're someone who's born again. You know, live with the right perspective. Glory to God. You know, Christians kind of creep around. They creep around, uh, you know. Oh, well, you know, I believe in Jesus. Uh, yeah. So fearful, so apologetic, with nothing to apologise for. God is on my side. You want to oppose him, you're in trouble. He's good. He lives in me. It's good life. I'm happy. Hey, as he is, so are we in this world. He's not sitting on the throne struggling wondering, can I overcome the devil? He's sitting down because that's the end of it. He's made a good, perfect, finished work. The devil has lost his power. Every principality, every power, every ruler of darkness, he vanquished them all and Calvary. Hey, it's over. Christ in me. Now, is it over in you? See, if Jesus is in you, It's real. Do you know it? Or when circumstances come, do you go, ah, full of fear? Or have you confidence in God? Do you know? That's the difference between someone who's in faith and someone who's struggling. Well, Christians don't struggle and nothing to struggle about. He's good all the time. So so easy. If you really believe the real gospel, it's good news. The good news is Jesus has done it all. Sickness, you're in trouble. Disease, you're in trouble. Why? Because Jesus has a name that's above every name. Every knee's got to bow to him. In heaven, on earth, under the earth. There's nothing that can stand before God. Nothing. My God is almighty, sovereign, glorious, powerful, As we saw this morning, my God is a man of war, mighty to redeem. His fear and dread shall fall on all his enemies. That's the God I worship. Do you know him? Could you say the same things? Hey, glory to God, devil's in trouble. Hmm. And show him no mercy. I hate the works of the devil Jesus is manifest to destroy the works of the devil He hates them He hates what's happening to humankind He came to set us free He's good He's glorious That's the simple gospel So simple So easy Man wants to make it hard man wants to somehow make it complicated. It isn't. He is good all the time. Can I explain everything? No. I don't even try. What God does, God does. What God doesn't do doesn't get done. I don't try and give reasons for everything. I'm I'm not sure that anyone knows the reasons for everything. I meet people who tell me they do. If someone's sick and you're sick here tonight, the reason you're sick is because you're not well. Because if you were well, you wouldn't be sick. It's not because of what your grandmother did, your grandfather did. It's not because of some curse. Because Jesus became a curse on calvary's tree for it's written cursed is everyone that hangs on the tree so there's no such thing the only generational curses that ever passed down are haters of god it says so in deuteronomy totally false teaching people believe all that mumbo jumbo and voodoo about generational curses it's not christianity it's voodoo Why, over in Africa now they sell bottles of water with a little Ribena to colour them and then they sprinkle them round the house to get rid of demons. That's voodoo. They'll sell you a bit of cloth, you can stick it in your wallet and you'll prosper. Everything you do will prosper, money will come to you. That's voodoo, magic, witchcraft. A lot of Christians live by witchcraft. They're afraid. They get up in the morning. Oh, I plead the blood. No, I don't. Blood is for cleansing me from sin, it's not a protection. Jesus said he shed his precious blood to cleanse me from sin. I have Christ in me. That's protection. The Lamb lives in me. That's my protection. Wherever I go, he goes. I never go anywhere in the world where God doesn't go with me. He lives in me. I'm alive in him. Devil needs protecting, not me. I go over to all sorts of places. Africa, they say. Or well, when I went to Venezuela, I went off to an a island. I can't remember. Margarita. said, oh, dark place, hard people. Not at all. Easy went there first night 200 responded people got out of wheelchairs completely healed very simple no problem next night 150 got converted lovely miracles happened easy the pastor had been trying to convince me it was a hard place nowhere's hard for God everything's easy for him As he created heaven and earth, what's your problem? Everything's upheld by the power of his word. What's going to stand against him? Jesus has conquered everything. Calvary's gone. He always gives us the victory. So what's your problem? We live in the fullness of what he is. Jesus does it. There's only one name under heaven whereby... Men can be saved, Jesus. He's the saviour, he's the redeemer. So it's easy. So, so easy. I just believe it. And for me it works. Why? Well, there was a day... 35 years ago, God came and met me. And oh, my life changed. Do you know, this night, God can meet you and transform you totally. He can translate you from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of His dear Son. It can be totally different. You can't do it. He does it for you. He loves you. Hasn't come to condemn you. Hasn't come to accuse you. You do enough of that yourself. He loves you. Comes to wash you clean. It's as though you have no past, you have a future. Old things are passed away. All things become new. And all things are of God. It's wonderful not to have a past, to have a future. He washes it all away. He'll forgive you so that it's as though you never sinned in your life. That's the wonderful thing. And then he'll give you new life, his life. That is the truth. So, so easy because it's God who does it. I find it so wonderful. That's good news. Hey, it doesn't depend on your will either because your will is perverted. God knows that. It's not of the will of man nor of the will of flesh. It's it said, you're born of God. God does it. God intervenes, God changes you. That's the wonderful thing about it. Isn't that easy? That's the gospel. Simple. Easy. Basic. But true. Now my question is, when did it happen to you? When can you say, well, there came a day... When I wasn't the person I was born, I had newness of life. God did something in me that so radically transformed me. I was taken out of one way of living into a totally different way of living. I was born again. From that moment on, heaven was open to me. I knew it in reality if you can't say that you just aren't a Christian but you can be because God sent his only begotten son you can't believe yourself into it God does it tonight he'll meet you if you want to know where God is he lives in me I know where he is. I'm never seeking God because I know where he is. I'm never struggling because I know him. He's here. He's good. I want to give you an opportunity tonight. Maybe you've been here before. Maybe you haven't. where are you in your life can you honestly say yeah God so met me I know or are you saying well I'm not sure if you're not sure you sure aren't born Spurgeon put it this way he said lots of people say well they're not sure he said but when the Holy Ghost comes It's like a man who has an electric shock. When you have an electric shock, you know you've had it. Man, you put your finger... Don't. But if you put your finger in a plug, you know when 240 volts go up your arm, you know you've had an experience. When the Holy Ghost comes, you know. The power of God, when it hits the man, boy, there's no way he can't know. Everything changes that's the way it is doesn't mean you have to fall over for goodness sake God came to make me stand and don't go in for that nonsense you know got to fall over no I don't believe in falling and people do fall when I pray for them I don't mind as long as they get up healed but I don't like people just falling over for the sake of it you go to some people and they go to meetings just to fall over oh I went out what happened I fell well what happened well I fell yeah but what did God do well I fell no no that wasn't God because if God meets you he changes you if God meets you he gives you new life falling over is for children God causes me to stand I've never fallen under the power I never will that's it came to stand having done all to stand (laughs) God is good all the time Amen I want to pray for you came you're here it's not chance you're here it's not coincidence you're here you're here because you have an appointment with God that's why you're here Inside you know whether the words that I've spoken are just airy-fairy or whether inside they've affected you. Now you can push them off. You can justify yourself. You can reject them. Or if you know Holy Ghost has spoken inside you, you can respond and God will meet you. It's as simple as that. No big deal. For some of you, it'll be as though, well, God just was speaking to me. Some of you feel God's getting at you. Well, I've got news for you. He is. You need to be God at. He loves you. He loves you so much he'll put you in a position where he'll really get at you. Now what are you going to do with it? You have an appointment with God. I want to pray for you. Tonight can be your night for everything to change. For newness to come. Tonight you can be reconciled to God. You can make your life acceptable to him by laying it at his feet you can come to him and find all that he is great salvation it's so so simple but it's a choice you have to make you see it's not because of anything other than God speaks inside you faith rises inside you, you know inside hey this is real Maybe you're just sitting there and it doesn't mean anything to you. Fine. Just keep coming. God will get you. Just keep coming. The gospel will get inside because God's like that. He loves you enough to get inside your defenses. Sometimes he does it first time. Sometimes he waits and just works. And one day, bang, it goes inside. That's my God. I don't mind whether he does it first time or 50th time. I just know he does it because he's faithful. So let's all pray. Just close your eyes. I don't want anyone to look around at anyone else. Mind your own business. That's everyone in the hall. Just close your eyes. I've spoken as plainly as I can. I've explained it as simply as I can. I don't know of any other way to say it. He loves you. He's not angry with you. He's not come to accuse you. Hadn't come to destroy you. He came to save you. Doesn't want to punish you. He took your punishment. He doesn't want to blame you. He took the blame. He certainly doesn't want to condemn you. He loves you too much. He's a God of love. He loves you so much, he gave his only son to redeem you. what love what tremendous love you know it's the most wonderful thing of all that love you've heard what's said and the spirit is a true and faithful witness inside he witnesses inside people a true and faithful witness. For some of you, those words will be real. This night, the Lord of heaven and earth wants to confront you. He wants to confront your life, all that you are, because he loves you. that's love mercy and grace what a God hey you can be reconciled to him tonight everything can change he'll change everything in you this Jesus do you know him This one who came and bled and died for you rose the third day. Do you know him? Do you know that wonderful time when all your sins are washed away? Or are you one of those that say, I'd like to know. I'd like to have an experience like that that changes everything. You know the Holy Ghost, he's the witness. Happens inside of you, the words somehow come alive. Hope springs up. Father, I just pray for each one here this night. Lord Jesus. You see each one. You know each one. Reach inside by the Holy Ghost. Quicken them. In your mercy and your love, Lord. Such needy people. We need you. Master. In your grace reach out your hand and touch him I pray now I don't want you to move from your seat I don't want you to look round it's no one else's business just yours but if you know the Holy Ghost has spoken to you and you know you need to be reconciled to him and you need to be born the way I've spoken about. I just want you to lift up your right hand right where you sit. Hey, he loves you. Not angry with you. He's not against you. He's good. He's a good God. Now what I want you to do is just walk down the front. Come on, you that are standing. The rest of you, keep your eyes closed. This is God. This is God's business. Father, I just pray for each one. Lord, I curse every affliction, every disease, every bondage. And I pray you'll send forth your word of life and healing. To these dear ones. In Jesus name. And may we hear a good report. Of the good things you've done. Amen. Amen. So shall it be. God's always faithful. God bless you.